Hello and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Be Uncluttered. I'm Tara Tuttle and with me is Rebecca Mazzino and together we are going to help you on your journey to a life free of clutter. Hello and welcome to this week's episode. So today I have Carly Nimmo with me who is a podcasting superstar and now she's going to laugh at me saying that and she is a business coach and all-round honest person and I have her in today because she did a post on social media about her availability to be a podcast guest and she mentioned the topic of going grey and my ears just pricked up because I thought, wow, that is a really interesting topic that will affect a very large proportion of our listeners. And I thought it actually on the surface doesn't seem to be much about being uncluttered, but as soon as you think about it for even a second more, you're like, oh, okay, it is. So I was like, I me- immediately messaged Carly and I said, ooh, ooh, I want to get you on. We're going to chat about the whole going grey thing. Cool. I have to say, like, it has led to a very uncluttered shower <laughs> and a very uncluttered hairdressing schedule. So that's that's two things. <laughs> yep. So there we go. We've already ticked the boxes. So if you can give us a bit of a background, it was a while ago now that you started the process of going natural and mm. which involved going grey because that was the natural colour of your hair and what it had become. So how long were you grey going grey for before you actually decided to do it naturally? So interestingly, we are just about to hit the three-year anniversary. Ah. So that is happening like um, for me, uh, my last colouring happened at the end of October, um, the year I turned 40. So that was 2017. Okay. Um, I had been going grey like I think I found my first grey when I was like 15 years old. Ah. And it's interesting because I, I remember being at the hairdresser getting a haircut and the hairdresser being really horrified that I had this grey hair and pulled it out. And then I remember telling my best friend's mum that I'd had a grey hair and she was really horrified. And, um, you know, and, and so I don't know, like it was an instant, well, there's something wrong with having yeah. grey hair. And I, you know, my dad was fully grey by the time he was 21 and I probably was, but I coloured my hair for, well, what's that, 25 years. Mm. Okay. Yeah, my dad, my dad, when my mum met my dad, he was 21 and um, he had a grey strip at the front uh, if he pulled his fringe upwards. Interestingly, I saw you do a post where you'd pulled your fringe upwards and you're actually not grey on the underside of your fringe, but he was, that was where he was grey, on the underside of his fringe. And um, he was completely grey by his early 30s. And then yeah. completely white, you know, by by forty, and um, so yeah, I sort of have that in my family. But I haven't really got any. I've got a few grey hairs now, and I'm a couple of years older than you. I'll be forty five at the end of the year, and being blonde, it, I think it's sort of not as noticeable if I even if I did have you know a couple of grey hairs. But my hairdresser, uh, uh, who was also a friend of mine, she used to curse me for not having any grey hairs, and and it was as if, as if it was sort of you know like something I'd done well, <laughs> like this great achievement mm. I'd done well. My like, um, well, it's kind of just genetic, but um, you know, so she would sort of say, oh, you still haven't got any grey hairs, and she found one once, so about five years ago, and she said, um, I found a grey hair. Do you want me to pull it out and I said no no I said I want to keep it I've been looking forward to getting gray hair because I've got such fine limp hair and I had this idea that 
if I get some grey hairs that it will bulk up my hair somewhat because grey hairs are kind of, I don't know, known to be coarser. coarser. Thicker. Yeah. Yes. And um and she said, Oh well, I was just gonna pull it out to show you. And I'm like, No, I don't I don't because it was at the back of my head. And I was like, No, 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 just leave it there. I I want more of them. I want more of them. And she sort of just laughed and she said, Oh, you don't know what you're wishing for <laughs> And I was like, I actually do. And now I can see them when I pull my hair up in a ponytail. I can see the shiny little sparkly ones coming through on the sides. Um, so um, so that's quite a bit exciting for me. But, yeah, it's sort of, again, everyone sees it as a bad thing. And, yeah, yeah it's really interesting. And so many people have, like, a lot of stuff around it, you know. I think mm. um, I, I certainly did. You know, it took me – I wanted to go grey – probably from my, around my 30th birthday and it took me until 40 because everyone was telling me you're too young. You're mm. too young. It'll make you look old. You know, all, like there's just a lot of stuff. But also the transition can be quite brutal and um, long. You know, mm. it took at least I would say two years for it to fully grow out and I and I cut it kind of shortish just to my shoulders to kind of get rid Speed of it. Speed it up, yeah. Yeah, to speed it up a bit. And before that, I had been – so I'd always dyed my hair either really dark brown, black, uh, and then maybe a couple of years before I thought I'd – I'd always said I'll, you know, stop dyeing my hair when I'm 40. And so I had a bit of fun with bright red. Mm-hmm. And the bright red meant that I had to bleach – you know, I had to have my hair bleach in order to to have the red – stick um or even stay on so like before I'd so I'd so what I unknowingly did was made the process less harsh for me because the hair was already lighter Lighter. Mm -hmm. and with lighter hair the transition is a little bit more gentle than like having like a black (laughs) if I was still black oh my god it would have been a very different experience yeah like a white strip (laughs) down the center of your head as it grows yeah right and just like kind of growing growing (laughs) it would have it would have been a, a much harsher transition but having like the red hair was actually a big catalyst for it because though I really loved having I was like bright bright red um, and I really loved it but it meant that I had to go you you know it cost me hundreds and hundreds Mm. of dollars every time I'd go to the hairdresser because she'd have to bleach the roots and then color it yeah and then I'd have to use like a colored shampoo like a red shampoo I couldn't swim because it would kind of seep out and I couldn't just wash my hair with normal shampoo. So the process of me even washing my hair involved, you know, putting on plastic gloves so that my mm. fingers didn't get stained and and my shower was always a shade of pink and my <laughs> towels were all ruined. So so from that perspective, yeah. <laughs> it, like going grey actually did simplify a lot for me because I could then just not think about, you know, my hair colour and um, – yeah, and and now I don't have to go to the doctors to the doctors, uh, the hair the hair doctor, go to the hair doctors every three weeks to have you know the roots done. It it was a very expensive process and also really time consuming. You know, three hours at the hairdresser mm. for yeah every every time you go is is a lot. So and it's um, so expensive. Like if you think so about expensive. all of the money, I, I sort of I've always been a low maintenance person, and I still remember my hairdresser friend telling me off for doing my own foils. Because <laughs> I'm like I've tried DIY with everything, and I did my own foils, and she said, Rebecca, not even I would do my own foils, dude. Just don't. And then she looked at it, and she said, Actually, you did quite a good job. And I have always been quite good at DIY, and so I always lean to that because I just I hate spending the money. I'm a bit cheap when it comes to that, and. I just think like some women have have told me that, you know, every four to six weeks they have to spend $300 on their hair. 
And I'm like, I wouldn't spend, I don't spend $300 in a year on my mm. hair. Like, well, I don't now, but um, yeah, back then it probably was two to $300 a month it would cost me. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's complicated. And that's a lot. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, as you went through this process, what were you scared of? Like you wanted to do it for 10 years, so mm. you didn't. What were you scared of? Or was it fear or I was, was it something else? Yeah, yeah. It was, um, well, a bit. I was I was afraid of the judgment of others. I was mm. afraid that, um, that my hair would be ugly because this is the thing, right? People always say to me, uh, you know, like it, it's interesting because people who, who long to go grey like I did have all of these reasons why they can't, you know, it's mm. like, oh, the transition is too ugly. I've, my hair isn't the same as yours. Like yours is really, you know, whatever they, whatever they think my hair is. Um, m- mine is like patchy and blah, blah, blah. But the thing is until you grow it out, you actually have no idea, right? Like you don't, mm. you don't know what it's going to look like. And I think that's the, the hardest part to grasp is like, I don't know when you go to a hairdresser, you know, often you'll go with a picture and be like, make me look like this, or you have an idea in your head. Mm. Like I want to go brown or I want to, I want to go re- red or I want highlights. And you have an idea of what that looks like because you can dictate it to a certain extent. You can be like, Hey, I want my highlights here mm. and I want, you know, whatever. But with gray, yeah, it, it is whatever it is. You've got no control. Yeah. Mm. So so from that perspective, it can be really daunting because you just don't know what it's going to be like. And because it's such a long process, it, process it's a really long commitment um, to to just grow it out naturally and be okay with it perhaps looking a bit shit for the for quite a while, mm. you know. Um, so so those things I feel like that they were definitely barriers to me. But also having had. 20 years of people telling me or 25 years of people telling me you're going to look old yeah. was also something that, you know, I thought, oh, well, maybe that's true. Maybe people will think I'm older than I am because of my hair. And that was definitely something in my 30s that was a consideration. Hmm. Um, but then I kind of reached 40 and I was just like, oh, I get, you know. <laughs> like, it doesn't, yeah. And this is the thing. I think we get to a point where we're like, well, what's wrong with being old? You know, right. and, and we have this society's always you know oh you mustn't look old how dare you look old old is bad it's like actually old is awesome <laughs> and it's a privilege look at, i mean you know? like not it's one a that privilege. we get to yep yeah not yeah, everyone not gets everyone to gets live it. till they're 40 50 yep. 60 70 you know yeah exactly and i actually saw a post once by um, a woman who was naturally going gray she would have been in her early 30s and someone some troll of course some keyboard warrior uh told her that it made her look old and she said i have a serious disease and i'm lucky to actually be 30 and i i find the idea of looking old to be really exciting because i might not get to be really old and you know and i think she should have would have shut this woman up in a hurry but that that's the thing you know it's a it's a privilege and and as we get older we're so much we're so much better and, you know, the 20-year-olds won't believe us but we are better, you know, in, in our 40s and we know this and we know that we're better versions than of ourselves than what we were back then and and that we have a lot to offer and so being ashamed of being old is something that it's – I think it's great if we can start to celebrate that a little bit more instead of, mm. you know, shying away from it so much. Be afraid of it. Yeah, I think there's part of it that's kind of natural because, you know, well, I don't know if it's natural or if it's just our conditioning in the Western world, but we are are kind of taught to 
um, fear death, you know, and the older that we get, mm. um, potentially the closer we're getting to it. So from that perspective, mm. I understand the fear of getting older. But what I don't understand is particularly women's preoccupation with looking you know, like a 20-year-old in their 60s. Mm. That that I can't get my head around. Um, and no judgment to people who, who you know, want to do injectables and all that kind of jazz. It's, you know, it's not for me and, you know, and, and yeah, and, and I guess it is for some. Mm. But, like, I think we have a societal problem when when there's a, there's that much pressure for us to stay young. Yeah. Like, what does that even mean? I'm actually really happy with being a 40-something-year-old woman in a 40-something-year-old body, w- aging. You know, I'm getting the jowls. I'm getting all the bits that, that go with aging. And sometimes <laughs> oh, I think to jowls. myself, oh, maybe I could do something about that. Um but then, but that isn't who I am, you know, mm. like it, and also I want to stand for, um, you know, I, I, I don't know, I want to age and the more I age, I want to become more visible and I want to, you know, be a, a I don't know, not, not necessarily a beacon, but you know, like I, I want to be, I want to be proud of who I am and I've lived a big life, a really big life. So if that's going to show, mm. who cares? Like, you mm. know what I mean? Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. I'm the same. I do the same thing. I, I sort of – and when we get to our 40s, that's when we, when we can actually afford all of the things like the injectables and stuff, you know. So people in their 20s, they're just, you know, they're not paying off their mortgage because they're getting their lips – putting money in their lips instead. But, um, you know, we can afford it. So I've kind of looked at it. I've gone, oh, maybe I could get rid of the lip wrinkles yeah. or, you know, maybe I could do something about these jowls and – because I have the jowls too. And yeah. I'm not really very wrinkly. I haven't considered Botox because I don't have much the way of wrinkles. I just have like my face kind of sags a bit. And um, and so I've looked at it and gone, oh, you know, maybe I could. But then I thought, just like you, I thought, well, then I wouldn't be me. And mm. even and maybe 20 years ago I'd be like, oh, that's awesome. I'd rather not be me. But now I'm quite happy to be me. And so I sort of think, well, if I'm, you know, I can I can still be – I can still do all of the things that I do and I can still have all the friends that I, that I have and I can still enjoy the things that I do without with lip wrinkles um, as, as without. Yeah. So I sort of think, well, I can, you know, I can deal with that. Well, that's, I think that's the thing. Like all of those things don't actually change who we are. Mm. We're still the same person whether we have the, you know, the, the big lips and the smooth skin or not. Mm. Um, and for me it, it's never been a priority. So... Yeah, I'd I'd rather spend that money doing something that I don't know, like traveling or yeah. you know, like going out for dinner with my friends or yeah. or whatever. It's not it's it's never really been a priority to me. Mm, yeah, I've sort of I I go between the two. I mean, I wear makeup. I'm a makeup wearer, so I'm not immune to uh, trying to look better. <laughs> and and for my business posts on Instagram, I quite transparently use filters. Uh, for my personal posts, I tend not to, but I still do some of that kind of stuff. And so there is definitely an influence on me and I am part of that in some way. And I'm aware of that. And it sort of has me, it has me thinking a lot. And this is why, you know, when, yeah. when you, when you did that post, I, I was attuned to that particular thing because I am aware of 
where I am in the age thing and where my looks are and, and all that kind of stuff. I'm quite aware of it and, and I'm watching myself in the middle of it and observing what I'm doing and thinking about it and analysing it. And, and sometimes it's what I do might go against what my values are or what I want. So similar to you in your 30s, you know, you were dyeing your hair even though you kind of didn't want to. Mm. So it's the same with me. I'm using a filter even though I kind of don't, don't want to. And so I'm kind of in that phase um, and I don't know where, where I'll go with it, but we'll, I guess we'll find out. Yeah. I, that's something that I have stopped doing was I, I found myself really relying on um, Instagram filters and, you know, for my stories and stuff. And, mm. and then one day I just put the, the it on normal and I was like, oh, my God, I'm actually shocked at how different I look with no filter. And mm. so I just, you know, I made a commitment to myself not to not to rely so heavily on the filters myself because mm. it was affecting the way I was seeing me you know yeah. um and 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 seeing myself without a filter suddenly became something that was like oh unpleasant you yeah. know yeah yeah and, and so and so yeah. no and so i i made a conscious choice to um pause the filters for a bit just so that i could you know like i don't know you, recalibrate when i meet <laughs> right to recalibrate yeah exactly and to also um you know for me i want to make sure that my online presence is reflective of who I who who I am if you were to run into me in the street you know mm. like sometimes I, you know I live in Byron Bay so um or near Byron and so there's a lot of celebrities and and stuff here and sometimes I'll be at the supermarket and I'll see someone and I'm like oh they look really familiar who is that person <laughs> and and it's just the person from t- a person from TV who doesn't have any makeup on mm. and they look completely different you know mm. Um, just like a regular person, and I wish we saw more of that yeah. instead of, um, you know, the really heavily made. You know, even like new. If you think about the way we see women in the media, um, not a lot of it is 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 natural. I mean, it's all mm. it's all touched up and all that kind of jazz. So what we're seeing isn't the isn't real in some respects, mm. and yeah. so it does set up some pretty unrealistic expectations of women. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I know exactly what you mean. And and I sort of, I'm the same. And I had actually had, and it wasn't even, this was like pre-Instagram filters and everything. But so I was in a, a talk once and these two women sort of said to me, I was either at the beginning or at the end, I think it was at the beginning before I spoke because I think it kind of rattled me a bit. And I remember thinking about it while I was talking. But one of them said to me, well, you look really different from your headshot like on your website or on the advertising materials or whatever. And and I sort of said, oh, well, you know, that was a few years ago now and my hair was shorter, so maybe that's it. And they're like looking at me with that, you know, that that look, that consideration look, that, that hmm, no, that perplexed look. No, they're thinking, no, no, that's not it. And then she said, maybe the light's just not really good in here. <laughs> and I was like, right, so you've just called me ugly. <laughs> And or or oh. intimated that I touch up my headshots with Photoshop, which um, uh, those though, that particular headshot there was no Photoshop involved um, at all on my wrinkles. You can see my wrinkles very clearly, but yeah, I just found that really interesting. And for the rest of the talk, I was like, it was in the back of my mind all the time. It's like, yeah. okay, what it was, what was she saying? Like, what was she actually saying? And yeah, um, it was really interesting. Yeah, it's like. Oh. Uh, the things, the, the places our minds go when those when those kind of vague comments mm. come our way. But I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like, 
I, I kind of feel like women, we, sh- we really probably shouldn't be talking about our appearance so much, yes. you know? Yeah. Yep. I think that's half the problem. And it starts when we're kids, you know, look at that. Oh, she's so cute. Yep. Oh, she's so adorable. Oh, you know, like we do place a lot of importance on little girls' looks and therefore mm. young women. Like that was something that, um, that you know, like my mum was very cautious of people saying because I was quite a, you know, as a dancer, um, I was quite a, a lean, tall girl back then. You know, and, and a lot of people would say things like, oh, you know, oh, look at those legs. She could be a model kind of stuff. Mm. And 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 that stuff does kind of, it, it does impact you. And, uh, yeah, and, I, and like th- that actually isn't my greatest asset is not my legs, <laughs> you know. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and I think that's the problem. Like our greatest asset isn't, the, isn't necessarily the way we look. In fact, it's not. I would argue that it's not the way we look. Um, mm. there's, there's a lot more depth to a human than what's on the outside. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a big part of my, you know, my greatest, um, I'm the greatest part of going gray has been for me letting go of those societal expectations, but also it's allowed me to grow more into who I really am. Like it was almost like the hair coloring and this isn't the case for everyone. So I don't want to paint everyone with the same brush here. But for me, it was a liberating experience because it was almost like the hair color was um, part of a mask I was wearing, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, sure. And so as, as the hair started to grow out, it was like an, not only an unveiling of my grayness, but also some other bits of me that had kind of, I'd been colouring, I guess, you know? Yeah. Oh, I think yeah. that makeup is a bit like that for us as well. Um, yeah. It is a mask that it we can wear. Be. It can be a mask, yeah. Yeah, it can be. And, and, and it doesn't have to be either, like you said. Um, it doesn't have to be. It can be it can be an expression of creativity or or it can actually be the opposite and it can reveal who you really are, you know, in, mm. in a certain way as well if you if you if that's does that make sense? If that's if that's sort of the intention. Way, yeah, hundred percent. I think the issue is when it becomes that thing that like for me, the hair dye was something that really was covering up something. You know what I mean? Mm. Like I, I had wanted to be natural, but I had felt all this um pressure to look a certain way and and dyeing my hair was a big part of that and so I was you know so so the 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 no dye thing became a way of me releasing myself from some of the expectations that I'd felt or some of the pressure that the external pressure that I'd felt Mm -hmm. and so for me it was a really liberating experience if you're coloring your hair because that is a a point of a way that you express yourself and it's not Mm. to, you know, what what I was doing was masking a part of me that I felt ashamed of. And I think that's where it becomes the issue is when we're using makeup to hide something rather than um, you know, accentuate or express ourselves. I think I think the the intention of its use and 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 the yeah and the purpose of our use of those kind of products is indicative of um, yeah of our our experience. I guess yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, and like you said, we can't. Not, not everybody's experience is the same, so no. we can't sort of say, oh, just because you, you like this other person that's listening right now, you are 
because you're not allowing yourself to look your natural hair colour, you're obviously mm. masking something. That's not the case. That's not the case. Um, but no. it could well be for some. And for be. those that right. it is, they're going to be hearing that right now. And yeah. they'll be hearing that message. They'll be like, yeah, they'll be nodding along and they'll be going, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Um, yeah. And because it will be definitely doing that for some. And my mum, she has gone her natural hair colour this year. And it's been interesting because I haven't seen her since February because she lives in Victoria. And because of COVID, we can't travel um, into, and I'm in South Australia, so we can't travel um, into each other's state. And she has always been a redhead. So she was a redhead until she had me and uh, in her late 20s. And then her hair kind of went brown, and which was really interesting. And so she had it kind of a, a light brown medium brown, sometimes a bit blonde for um, most of my childhood. And then later on in my teen and early adult years, she went red. She was always in my 20s. She went back to red again. And she then dyed her hair red between the ages of oh, at least 50 and 70, maybe earlier than 50. But she was you know, bright red for most of the time. And this year she has gone grey. And it's been – I haven't talked to her a lot about it, but she, she sent me a photo. We don't sort of FaceTime all that much. We talk normally just on the phone. So I haven't seen her a lot. But she sent me a picture early on and when all of the, the red had gone. And it was – it was amazing. Like I, she looked like a different person, and mm. but it, she, it didn't look bad at all. And I've always said to Mum that my favourite, like I love her in bright, 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 vibrant red hair. So not kind of the darker red that she sometimes did, but like really bright orange. I loved it. It really suited her. And um, but the grey, you know, she looks awesome. And she has said as well that apart from having to change, and I'm going to come to this and ask you this in a minute, but apart from having to change a couple of her makeup colors she said she's quite slipped into this quite easily um and it hasn't been as hard but it took her until she was 70 well she's seven yeah she's 70 um to do that yeah so it was a, a lot more years of of maybe masking i don't know i have to talk to mum and see whether she was masking or she'll listen to this so she'll tell me um but hi mum yeah. <laughs> i'm always saying hi to mum mum listens every wednesday night she goes to bed, she listens I love in bed that. so uh, that she, we, my mum would be too afraid to listen <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she might listen to this one. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get to <laughs> but my to own one. podcast, she's like, "Oh, you can, you can just, you can just have that." <laughs> um, yeah, uh, no, my mum listens, and sometimes it gets me in trouble. But you know, for the most part, at least I know she's <laughs> listening, so I can be careful what I say. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so she did. So that's sort of yeah, it's something that yeah. So someone close to me, you know, has also done that recently, and and I've had lots of discussions with friends. I have a friend who is the same age as me, or the same age as you. She's been, no, she's a year older than me, and she has um, an Anglo Indian background. She's very dark, and uh, her hair is jet black, and she has decided to to go grey naturally. And she doesn't have a great deal of grey, uh, but there's definitely the silver coming through, and she. She's just like, oh, what's the word? Reveling in it? That's not the right word. She's she's loving it. She's just, um, yeah, I can't think of the right word, but uh, she just loves it. And you know, she she said, I'm I've been looking forward to this, and I'm really excited about this, and I love it. I love watching my 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 hair change and my body change as I age, you know, and um, it's amazing that, you know, we, we can sometimes really enjoy these things and, and I'm looking forward to it as well. And as a blonde, it's definitely easier on me. Like the transition is going to be virtually seamless. Um, so I don't have that sort of hanging over, uh, hanging over me like others would. So maybe that makes it easier for me to look forward to it. I don't know. Probably. 
Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I feel like that, that, that was a big thing for me was like, once I commit to this, I have to be committed to it, mm. you know, because you can't really be a half and half head. Um, well, you can. You can. <laughs> I used to actually back in back when I worked in radio. I had like half the top half, all the top of my head um, was black hair, and then the bottom half I had bleached, and it was hot pink. Oh, cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you can have you half can. and half hair, <laughs> but you know, like having a line straight across the head is, um, you know, it's kind of fashionable. I guess there are some musicians who do that kind of thing. Mm. Um, but, but, you know, like it, it's one of those things that you, you then have to commit to, mm. you know, like where if you don't necessarily color your hair that often, or you just have highlights, then it's a much easier transition because it's not a huge commitment, mm. you know, um, where, where when you're fully colored and you're a darker color, it is a huge commitment because you're, you're basically going to have to deal with the way that looks for about 18 months to two years, maybe longer. Yeah. Um, so it is, so, so that, you know, it is a big commitment. Mm. So then what would you recommend for people listening that how can they make it uh, not traumatic? <laughs> or yeah. Of, so a bit easier. So, I, I mean, there's, there are, so I have this friend in the States and she has wanted to go grey for the longest time. I would say she's probably in her mid to late 40s. She's been wanting to go to go, go grey for the longest time, but she is, and she's quite light. I'd say she's a, a medium brown, maybe to blondie. Um, and, but she's so afraid of the transition. And, uh, and so she, there's some, there's, there are hairdressers who specialise in helping you transition and oh, they wow. will dye your hair yeah. um, grey, you know, ah. and and to slow. But it it's a big financial commitment. I think like mm. this this particular woman lives in California and um, and it was going to cost her, I think it, like this, the starting range was like three and a half to four thousand dollars. So huge financial commitment. I'm not for that <laughs> yeah. at all. So, um, but I found the way that I did it quite like have some fun beforehand, lighten your hair, you know, like um, mm. gradually lighten it would be one way you could do it and, and then just kind of slowly let it go or just like bite the bullet and embrace it because it is a beautiful thing to watch your hair growing out while it can be, um, oh, a, a bit abrasive, I guess. It's also a beautiful thing. So um, for me, it was just really about embracing where I'm at. And in fact, it became a talking point, right? Like while I was growing it out, people would want to talk to me about it. And they'd, mm. And it's interesting because one of the words people use a lot is brave. <laughs> and when it comes, and it just seems like such an arbitrary thing or a very strange thing to call me for, for like just my hair for color. Being natural, you know? yeah. That makes it, that word makes me mad a lot actually because when people say things like, um, "Oh yes, like she's so brave for wearing a bikini," I'm yeah, like, oh, no. oh you know oh, what? God. Shut up with that because yeah, 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 that's yeah. The, yeah. like to call it brave. It, the reason why people call it brave is because people will judge her right. and it's not it's got nothing to do with her her bravery that's it's not right. the problem like it's not her courage not that is her. the problem it's the problem here yeah the it's, problem it's is the, the view of her yeah exactly from the outside like, that is the problem she yeah. might be to, it's you know that's the thing like I don't feel like a very brave person for having gray hair I just have gray hair yeah you're just you, know? you. yeah you're authentic yeah. you know you're you're not brave you're 
real real you know yeah and um but yeah it, it, this yeah that really makes me mad that whole brave word for lots yeah. of reasons and um but yeah so the the things that you were worried about so the, the criticisms or not criticisms but the the talk about going gray like oh you're gonna look older and you know all of that kind of stuff now that you are gray what does what are those thoughts mean now Oh, to me, they mean nothing. And in fact, um, mm. to like, I don't even think about it. You know, I think I went bright red because um, because I wanted to make a statement and and really stand out because I knew what was coming was potentially something that was a little bit controversial, which seems so weird for yeah. me to even say. Yeah. But you know, so being red meant that. Like it was very hard not to notice me <laughs> when you've got like a super bright red artificial fire engine red hair. Yep. Um, th- there was nothing natural about it at all and it did stand out, right? Like mm. you couldn't miss me in a crowd. Um, and and I think I did that purposely so that I would know the feeling of people looking at me due to my hair. Ah. And so when I went grey, it felt, it felt just easy for me because actually I, I don't necessarily stand out. These like I have had no no real negative comments about being grey from anyone else. All the people who were kind of on the on that train, I feel like it's kind of like this, right? When you when you have a when you have a baby or you you know or you buy a dog or whatever, you, you can go you can you can go through a phase of like you know um, sharing your for like sharing your baby names with your friends and your mm. baby you, you, pre having the baby and friends when you before the child is here and you're sharing around the baby names, people have a lot of opinions on those baby names. They're like, oh, I don't really like Flora. Oh, mm. Don't know about that one, you know, or or whatever. <laughs> they've got their own. They've got their this shit, and they're not afraid to say it. And then you have the baby, and you call it Flora, for example, <laughs> and and suddenly nobody really has anything to say. Um. So so mm. I feel like it's kind of like that. Like when you're grey, you're just grey, yeah, you know. Like that makes you, sense. You, or you're just the baby called Flora, and 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 no one's gonna insult mm. you. Or some people probably would, but um, you know that those people aren't in my life. Uh, you know, they they may have some stuff to snigger around behind my back. I don't. It's not really any of my business what they think about me or my kid's name, mm. right? Um, because mm. because it, it it just exists. It is what it is. And so so I don't find there's a lot of judgment, but I do get stopped a lot. Like I do get a lot of people commenting on my hair and oh wow you know I've wanted to go gray myself and I haven't been brave enough or or whatever whatever it is and uh, I get a lot of oh but yours looks so great mine is all scraggly and uneven and 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 yours just looks so natural and it's like actually like I said before you've actually got no idea what it looks like until you've got it Mm. mine is very uneven and it's actually what I think makes it beautiful um Mm. and it and it's natural right like so so um yeah, so so it is going to have unevenness. Yeah, and that's the thing as well. What you did is you had gotten to a certain point of greyness before you allowed it to shine, whereas other people might be at different levels. So they might be like me where they've got, you know, they could count 20 grey hairs and it might be they might be growing or they might have little grey patches in different places. And it's like, well, mine might have been like that 
15 years ago or 10 years ago as well, but I didn't know it because I had it covered up all the time. So, you know, you might just surprise yourself with how awesome it's actually going to look. And if you let it actually evolve and you let it be and you let it become what it is meant to be. And like you said, all of that uniqueness, like the patches of grey, you know, they're they're really cool. I really love it when I can see a patch of grey. I think I saw one recently, a woman, I think her she'd had one temple um, that was grey. And you could tell it was grey. She hadn't dyed it. You know, I could tell because there were also patches that had spread sort of elsewhere. But this one, you know, sort of, and I just thought, I just, it was just lovely how she's just gone, cool, here it is, you know, there it is, you know, and I'm not going to hide that until the rest of my hair is grey. I'm just going to let it do its thing. So, um, yeah, yeah, that uniqueness is wonderful. Totally. And I think if I if I had my time over, I would never have dyed in the first place. Like I just would have mm. allowed it to, to kind to of be grow yeah um I have had friends who uh never died and um one one of my friends is Sri Lankan and and it just kind of it just it just grew in so beautifully Mm. and um same as my friend and and and, and, yeah and and I just like I I wish I had given myself the opportunity to see that um, and to mm. grow into it. But, you know, I still grew into it just in a different way. But but if I had my time over, I wouldn't have, I would ditch the shame that I'd felt about being grey and what mm. I thought that meant. And I would have just allowed myself to naturally grow into into it and, and probably wouldn't have dyed my hair at all. And so that shame that you were possibly anticipating, you know, you, you now have hindsight. You can tell everybody now who is listening and who is worried about that shame that it actually doesn't exist for you at all. No, well, I feel like shame only exists when we're trying to hide something, right? Like it cannot shame. That, mm. It's that classic thing. Shame can only really exist in the shadows. So once we bring it out into the light and expose it and be like, "Look, here it is," then then we can't like shame can't exist in that space. So it's um mm. yeah. So so for me, I, th- I think that's what's been most symbolic of it is like just being like, "Hey, world, this is me." Um, in all of my glory and yeah and, and so and and that's been the gift of it is just bringing it out from under the die and yeah and yeah it's just allowed me to be free to be more me yeah did you have to change anything like mum said she had to change some of her makeup colors did you have to do anything like that you don't wear a lot of makeup um but clothing wise and no I don't think so I think because um, mum said her clothes didn't suit her anymore I feel like maybe some of mine haven't like those um like I used to wear I always wore a lot of red but then when I dyed my hair red if it wasn't because my hair was a, mm. a bluer a, a you know more a blood red than it was um, that really orangey yeah, red. Orange red. And mm. so, yeah, and so all of those clothes that had orangey tinges in them, I had to kind of get rid of when I had the red hair. So, yeah, so, but I've always preferred those bluer kind of tones and they tend to go with the red, sorry, with the, um, well, with the red and with the grey. So I didn't really have to change that much except maybe get a, get rid of a few, you know, really brassy kind of colours. Um, and I haven't changed any of my makeup or anything. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I've never really been a makeup person anyway. Mm. And yeah. 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 And so the, yeah. So I haven't really had to change anything except maybe. So there maybe hasn't been anything you're missing out items. on. You just, yeah. So there's nothing nah. to miss out on. It's just, it's all, it's all winning. You've got yeah. less products in your, in your shower. Yeah. You're spending less at yeah. the supermarket. You're spending less at the, I, said, I just said supermarket, which just shows how much 
effort I put into buying hair products because I buy all mine in the supermarket. Um, DIY girl strikes again. But um, yeah, so you're spending less. You're spending less at the hairdresser. You're spending less at the supermarket. You are more confident, uh, or you're not not necessarily more confident, but you're more authentic and you're more comfortable in your own skin. And um, yeah, so that's that's really what I wanted people to hear today because I've been following you for a while and I. You know, I know, and because you have such an authentic style, and that's probably the the one thing that I that's the one word that I think of first when I think of you is that authenticity and that ability to not also take yourself too so too seriously, but that authenticity. And I think I wanted people to hear that that there isn't anything wrong with being yourself, and that you know you maybe you could consider if this is something that you have been wanting to do and if you don't want to do it then totally okay Uh, but if you do want to do it and you need that little nudge or that little glimpse of the hindsight that someone else who's been through that has um then then this is what i wanted to do today so i think you've done that and you've made me excited about going gray right exactly um and and also like it doesn't necessarily have to be the hair like we can unclutter our the, the way we're showing up in the world, you know, like there's mm. there's lots of things about our us personally as people that we are hiding from the world and that leads to a lot of inner clutter. Um, yeah. So finding ways to liberate yourself from yourself <laughs> is um yeah. is the ultimate decluttering in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. So Carly, tell everyone how they can get to know you better. So um, if you're listening to this, you're obviously a podcast listener and I have a podcast called Carlosophies, which has been going for five, over five years, over 300 episodes, which is just mind blowing to me. Um, And basically I just walk on the beach and talk about whatever is kind of being raised in me at that point. (laughs) Some of my journey, some things that I'm witnessing. Um, It's kind of like my philosophies on life. So that's called Carlosophies. And you can also find me on Instagram where I do have a lot of fun and you can see a lot of my grey hair there. Um, And that's at Carlosophies as well. Yep. And I follow Carly and I do find that your your stories are really interesting and and I laugh sometimes and then other times I'm thinking you know and it's like oh and I have to go back and listen again I'm like what's she oh well that's interesting because you have this way of of talking about things that we think about in the back of our heads and you kind of drag them out of yourself and spit them out and go here world just dwell on this for a minute you know (laughs) and um and it's really good I find it really yeah I find it really good you kind of yeah I think you can get the idea yeah I'm just blabbering now but um so thank you so much Carly and uh, I really found this interesting and I'm I'm sure that we're going to get some people reporting uh that they are you know they're going to pull the pin now they're going to what's what are all of the cliches bite the bullet all that kind of bite stuff. The bullet, and rip the Band-Aid off. Bite the bullet. If you yep. do, if All you decide to, please let me know, like tag me because I love watching people go oh, grey. Yeah. It's one of my favourite things to do. There's some really great um, Instagram accounts that you can check out too if you are looking for inspo. Um, one of them is Grombre. Um, it's a really cool Instagram Ooh. account where people just take photos of their own grey journey. So if you're looking for inspo, definitely check that one out. Yeah. But if you do decide to bite the bullet, rip the Band-Aid off, whatever the whatever the cliche is, please get in touch. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to. I'd love to hear. 
And what we'll also do is invite you to join our Facebook community group and then people can ask you questions directly and, and stuff like that as well. And yeah, for sure. um, they can they can see you and, and chat to you in person about their own concerns and maybe their own excitement about doing the going on the journey themselves. Sounds great. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. We'd love it if you'd leave a review or tell all your friends about us so they too can be uncluttered. If you'd like to connect with us, you can find us at beuncluttered.com.au or on social media or on our own websites at clearspace.net.au and basklifecoaching.com.